Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Previously on Dungeons and Dragons. Shoot it at whatever you're shooting Sorry, it at. Sorry. Dragon. When you use it, it adds an extra 6d10 piercing damage. Whoa! Wowzers. Wow. You hear from all around you a voice say, It looks like the humans have brought me dinner. We want to dispatch of this dragon as quickly as possible, so I should try and hit him with my magic arrow, right? Totally. Why I don't not? know. Do we want to? Do we want to like save that and really surprise him with it? Well, sure. <laughs> she shoots it off, and it deflects off of the scale. What? I'm trying to save some of my magic for for later, and I piss myself. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, it's been it's been nice knowing you. Yeah, yeah, it's been good. Same here. I think we may have all just died. I can't wait till I get to DM a campaign and murder Russ immediately. <laughs> have you been whispering like? Oh, sweet nothings, sweet nothings in his ear. Like really break him down, just you know, like emotionally, yeah, psychologically, just damage that yeah. fucking dragon. A crit twenty, a match twenty. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god! I told you I believed in you. Amy, Yay! you're amazing. Wow. Thanks for believing in me, you guys. Can I just say that I am invisible and all I have done this whole time is stand up and get knocked down. <laughs> I'll call you Chumbawamba. He has recharged his breath weapon. 19! Constitution is plus one, so that is an eight. Record scratch, freeze frame. Yeah, that's me. You might be wondering how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> Thea, you take... 31 oh, no. points of damage. <laughs> New Lara, I think you're going to shatter. <laughs> I think so, too. New Lara, so you take 60 damage. Oh, my God. It looks like he's attempting to make an escape. All right, well, since I'm since I'm next to um, New Lara, I will, heal, I will try and stabilize New Lara. So that is 16. So she is also stabilized. Part of me wants to continue after the dragons. I feel like if we let him go now, we're going to lose the trail. What you see in the cavern is a chute that descends down into the ocean, the frigid waters of the ocean. Is there a spell I can light the ocean on fire? Is there a spell you could light the ocean on fire? Yes. No. <laughs> well, hello. How are you today? That's great. Welcome to Dungeons & Dragons, a D&D 5th edition actual play podcast. I'm your Dungeon Master and co-host, Russ Moore. Not with me today are Carla Johnson, who plays Nulara Moonbrook, Tom Laird, who plays Flint Firebeard, and my wife Amy Moore, who plays Thea Amastasia. Together, we are creating a world and a story for you to come along with. 
take part in and enjoy for what it is, a dive into a fictional universe where adventure, intrigue, and excitement all come together and make a sweet, sweet, delicious, Hot Pocket-style narrative podcast. Too much? Well, uh, let's get to the reason we're breaking format a bit today. It starts with some good news and some bad news. The good news is you probably noticed you have two new episodes in your download queue from us. Uh, the bad news is the reason for those two episodes. This episode, episode 7, now titled The Lost Dice Game, uh, was lost to the tech gremlins that decided to jack with some audio, making it unrecognizable as conversation. And I couldn't put you through that. It just didn't sound very good at all. Um, so here's what we're going to do instead. I'm going to give you a rundown of the major plot points that were missed in this episode, and then we're going to move right along to the next one. So let's get started. Um, fortunately, this was a bit of a decompressed period for our adventurers. Flint, Thea, and Nulara lugged their treasures back on board the Frost Skimmer and set sail towards Luskin to return Makoth the Crimson and all the stolen wares to the Arcane Brotherhood in hopes of signing them on board to battle against the Cult of the Dragons. To begin, the adventurers take a long rest to regain much-needed HP, hit dice, and spell slots that were lost in their battle with Aruthatar. When they finish that, though, we resolve some of the special items that they used plot points for um, at the end of the dragon battle uh, episode um, that they found when they were digging out treasure. Thea is now in possession of two functional arrows of dragon slaying, where the dragon being attacked must make a DC-17 constitution saving throw, or take an extra 6d10 piercing damage, half of that on a success. Flint has two wonderfully magical ice fragmentation grenades that have a 60-foot range and a 20-foot blast radius. Each creature within that radius must make a DC-15 dex saving throw, taking 5d6 piercing damage, plus 2d4 cold damage on a fail, half on a success. Nulara spent some of her time after her rest with Makoth the Crimson to learn a new spell from one of the spell books found within the Arcane Brotherhood stuff. She learned a spell called Boomerang Quiver. It's a second-level transmutation with a casting time of one bonus action requiring verbal and somatic or gesturing components and will last through concentration up to one hour. When Nulara casts this spell on a quiver, any arrows removed from that quiver that do not find their target return to the quiver by the beginning of the next turn. During this training montage that Nulara had with Makoth, Makoth mentions that she senses Nulara has exceptional skill in more ways than she knows, to which Nulara said, well, thank you. And that's where it was left. After looking at their goodies, Flint, Thea, and Nulara head down to the galley where there are some of the shipmates playing a dice game. And I'll let you know, the technical difficulties might have saved you from having to listen to me try to describe a dice game over Skype and everyone just not do well at it. Long story short, they lost some money and went to have some grog. Flint challenged a half-orc named Baron to an arm wrestle and beat him handily many times. Uh, needless to say, Baron was quite embarrassed, but used this opportunity to approach Flint and ask for assistance with what he describes as a cult problem in his hometown of Little Rock. Baron tells Flint that he and his sister Sasha escaped Little Rock and describes wearers of purple having come into his town and terrorizing the people in Little Rock for seemingly no other reason than to cause havoc. 
Flint tells Baran that he will have to discuss with Thea and Nulara, but this is likely something that they'll be able to help out with. Nulara is approached again by Makoth in the galley and taken aside. Makoth warns Nulara that Luskin is a very prejudicial and racially charged city. And while Thea and Flint will likely be able to pass about the docks of Luskin with little issue, they might not be as welcomed in the city. Makoth suggests that Nulara enters Luskin with her alone to return the stolen goods and sway the leaders of the Arcane Brotherhood to their cause. Thea, Flint, and Nulara all come together to discuss Baran and Sasha's problems, as well as Makoth's concerns about Thea and Flint entering Luskin to meet with the Arcane Brotherhood. After much debate about splitting the party, they decide to tell Makoth that she must do what she can to convince the Brotherhood to fight against the Cult of the Dragon, while the three of them go off to Little Rock and help the people there. When they return, they will meet with Makoth and any other representatives of the Arcane Brotherhood and discuss options further if needed. Once they arrive in Luskin, the three send Makoth through the gates of Luskin and head off with Baran and Sasha after renting a carriage of horses. Little Rock is located approximately halfway between Luskin and Mirabar, and they expect to arrive within one to two days. On the road, the adventurers come across a band of dwarves who appear to have taken a wearer of purple with the Cult of Dragons prisoner. After some negotiation and payment to the dwarves, they question this woman, who they find out is named Chila Flegsteel. They learn that she got a little too greedy while leading a group of cultists that was terrorizing the dwarves. Some super tough negotiations and banter happens, and the adventurers learn of a lead from Chila. They learn that one of the worm speakers, Nerenvane, has gone missing from the cult and is heard to have fortified a stronghold in the Misty Forest. He may even be trying to defect from the cult of the dragon, but who's to say either way until you talk to someone, right? As the adventurers go to hand Chila back over, the dwarves are struck by a large boulder, and the adventurers turn to see four ogres charging towards them. The dwarves turn tail and run, but the adventurers charge to fight the ogres. That's the end of the episode. Quite a lot covered there. Um, Thanks for listening through this one. There is another episode right away, so you can have the full adventure experience with all four of us, but there was just too much that was touched on um, to just avoid it altogether. You can keep those reviews coming in. We love hearing what you think about the show. It really does mean a whole lot to us when you tell us what you think. Uh, You can head over to iTunes and leave your review and rating. Uh, The ratings are great, um, but the reviews along with them help a little bit more, I think. Because it tells someone who's cruising around looking for a podcast to listen to that this one may be worth their time. You can also tell your friends, family, or your next-door neighbor to visit dumbdragons.com. All of our social media and email links are listed there, as well as the latest episodes. On Twitter, we are at DumbDragonCast. You can use the DumbDragonCast hashtag so we can track you down and find out who's talking to or about us. Um, That's the one we're most active on right now. Um, Mostly me, um, but Tom, Carla, and Amy are all on Twitter uh, figuring it out and uh, make appearances on there too. On Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash dumbdragoncast. Um, we obviously keep both of those up to date with the latest episode details and posting some other cool D&D RPG related stuff that you may find interesting. Uh, you can also send us an email to dumbdragonpodcast at gmail.com. And that's all for your Russ the DM-centric episode. Episode 8 is out right now. There is definitely some cool stuff coming up, so don't delay. Click away. Yeah, I heard it. It's terrible.
music in today's episode was by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.filmmusic.io. Dungeons and Dragons is a Dumb Dragons production. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The world has still ended. Darcy was a cafeteria worker. Do you see that minotaur sitting out in the food court? What minotaur? Just an ordinary, everyday human, probably. Egerton, you didn't even need a fairy cake. Why did you eat a fairy cake? Because I stress eat sometimes. Egerton was a PR flack for the imperial government. This extremely devastating explosion was, in fact, a celebration. He's a flightless fairy with a sweet tooth. There were some zombies, but Blatt blew them up. I climbed a tree. And we're skipping ahead. And we're skipping ahead. Blatt used to be a filing clerk. I'll pneumatic tube it up, sir. Now he's discovering the secrets of his half-demon heritage, like his ability to summon a soul-bound weapon. Oh, you're here to destroy a time, eh? Well, eat bazooka! (laughs) Three normal dweebs, rescued from the end of the world and sent on a last-ditch quest to save all of reality. There is a way to stop the shattering, but we need you three. The End of Time and Other Bothers, an improvised fantasy role-playing game set in the world of Alba Salix. Find it in your favorite podcast app or visit otherbothers.com. There's no evil, so you're welcome. Flawless logic. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.